everyone. I'm here with another episode of Currently Binging, the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button or whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds, rate, comment all. Greatly appreciate it. So we are discussing Shelter, or I should say Harlan Coben Shelter. I believe Harlan Coben is an author, or yeah, he's a writer and producer. I've seen some of his shows. They're not like my, they're one of those things where you're like, okay, I'm going to watch it mindlessly and not really pay too much mind to it. Just because me personally, while it's interesting, it's like, uh, it's not something I want to talk about. Uh, but Shelter falls along the lines or in under like a lot of the genres that I do talk about on this podcast. So I started watching it. I was like, okay, I guess I can say a little bit about Shelter. Also considering it's been a very slow summer. So uh, here we are. Uh, so Shelter, because I'm just going to call it Shelter. Shelter stars Jaden Michael, who I've only seen in um, the Netflix show. What was that show called? What I want to say was like, or wait, mm, I'm just looking. Okay. I don't know why it's not showing. Oh, here we go. Colin in black and white. So I did watch that. Didn't talk about it. It was a mini series on um, Netflix. So like, that's really the only thing I've seen him in. Uh, it also stars a couple of other young, young actors because I don't want to call them kids because I don't know how old all these people are although I'm assuming they have to still be teens because they're playing pretty young in this show but also stars Adrian Greensmith and Abby Corrigan which I haven't seen anything and then Constance Zimmer who plays uh, Mickey's aunt I've seen her in a couple of things so like fairly mostly majority of these folks I have not seen in anything so they're all new faces for me so when we talk about the actual show, the show was eight episodes. It was released weekly. You all know how I feel about weekly releases. Honestly, it's so funny because I was reading an article that was kind of talking about this, like how is is it the death of binge watching TV? I wouldn't say no. I think there that people will still have that concept of binging um, TV as in like, oh, I want to watch this. So I'm going to watch all the episodes together or whatever. As far as if streamers um, or streaming services release the their new shows at once or weekly, that's still another very, very, what's the word? Not specific, but nuanced thing because there are streamers or streaming services that have released content weekly since they've been releasing content. And then there are services like Netflix that's always kind of had a mix of um, dropping all the episodes or splitting, more recently splitting seasons in half or um, dropping weekly. And usually the shows that are dropped weekly are reality shows. And even still, it's kind of similar to what Max does or what used to be HBO Max, where they would release like two to three episodes each week for some shows. So I think it depends on the actual show. But when we're talking about Amazon Prime, 
rarely do I see all of the episodes dropped at once on there. So I think it's going to be, we're still going to see things dropped all at once. I think it's just going to depend on what it is. But either way, this was weekly. These episodes were also like a standard 40, 45 minutes, I believe, um, show. So it wasn't really like those short episodes, 30 minutes and under. The whole premise of like, oh, the kid is in Mickey, him, him and his parents are getting ready to move back to his father's hometown. But the literally the day that they're going to move back, they end up in a car accident and then they presume that his father has died. I, even from the beginning, we're to assume that or I won't say assume because I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think it's pretty evident, especially in a lot of the dialogue and how um, Mickey is um, not countered, but like his encounter with that lady and her being like, oh, I, I hear your father or whatever. Your father's alive. From the beginning, there is this ex expectation that by the end of it, we're going to find out that his father is alive. So to me, that's not necessarily the mystery. It's more so the why of like, why are these things happening? What is going on with this lady's house? <laughs> what is going on with these kids uh, in this? Because, and mainly where is this missing girl, which her name, what was this, her name? Did I write all the girls? Yeah, I did. Ashley? Which, so we're, they're trying to figure out what happened with Ashley, with Mickey being the most invested in it. Which, I'm also, like, you just, you literally just met her. Granted, he went through all that. He doesn't, they do end up saving her uh, in the end. But you literally met her for, like, five minutes. And you, and she became the purpose in which you went day to day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It seemed a little bit uh, unrealistic, but also very funny because just to watch Mickey through as the season progressed, get angrier and angrier and literally put himself in danger to the point where they tried to murder him for someone that he met for five minutes. I was just like, Mickey, I think you might need to let this go. Like, sorry, but <laughs> just like. I don't, I don't think I would keep going. Like they took you to the beach and literally these people are straight up okay with murdering kids. Even with Spoon towards the end when they try to break into the um, nightclub or whatever again and then he gets caught and then he's like, oh, he must be connected to the other kid. Get rid of him. And literally takes him to the beach and it's about to murder him. It was just like, these are very, very what's hard, not hard, but violent situations for a bunch of 16 year olds. I'm assuming they're 16 uh, because Ema can drive. They have to be 15 or 16. They're all given very young, though. So these are very, very real violent uh, situations that these kids are finding themselves in with no parental guidance through it. There are, there are adults involved, but the adults are playing around in the mess. That lady pretty much sent them, <laughs> sent Mickey on this mission to save Ashley. 
very, very much keeping all the information close to chest, not being transparent with him. Also, the whole thing, and I mean, I guess on her end, maybe some of it is her trying, like, on it's on both sides where you're trying to gain trust and you're trying to figure out who you can and can't trust, especially for Mickey, who's finding himself in Mickey and his friends, because friends, them with some hardcore friends, like, all of this, similar to Ashley, Spoon just shows up on Mickey's front door. How and why, I, I'm still not really clear on why he showed up on his front door uh so like that's how they meet and then Ema who her and Spoon are not friends she's kind of like an outsider a little bit just gets looped in and, and swooped into the friendship and now they have this super strong bond by the end of it I mean duh by the end of it because they've gone through all these traumatic things together but just the fact that they were able to bond that quickly Spoon changed his whole name. Uh, what was his original name? Arthur. Took on a whole new <laughs> nickname <laughs> immediately. Um, after meeting Mickey, it was just ready to literally die for him. Like these are these are hardcore friends. I'm like, maybe do I need these types of? Did I need these type of friends when I was little? Like who would straight up die on the on the beach in the middle of nowhere for me? It's just, it's just wild. Uh, but yeah, so as I was saying with like Bat Lady and um, Mickey, like it's both of them trying to gain trust on either side and Mickey more so trying to figure out who he can and can't trust without having the full picture of things. Because had Bat Lady been like, oh, I keep hearing your father's voice in the beginning, had they seen or learned about the shelter room and all of that, then I think it would have clicked a little bit earlier that his father was down there. And I knew, I wrote this, where did I write this? I think it was when we learned about the shelter room. It was just like, it kind of fell into place. It's like, oh, okay, I think I know what is going on. And then ultimately they find literally the very last seconds of the season are them breaking open a door and his father being there which also I'm like did he have food I mean I guess um the guy which I don't want to call him Scarface I can't remember his his name Luther like maybe he could have been because of where that location and no one's really down there could be bringing him food. But I'm like, he's been down there for a while. Has he had water? Has he had food? Looks like he's still wearing the clothes that he was wearing when he was in the car accident. Even the fact that, because for Mickey, once he gets that picture from the bad lady that shows with Arthur, Arthur's face, and then he has a realization that Arthur is the same man who was at the crime, the accident scene I feel like thought that should have got some things moving in his mind to be like okay what is going on um which I think it did because he did like go back to his aunt and be like hey I want to dig up my father's casket which that was also a little bit like okay did they not have a funeral was it not open casket like how do you I mean I guess because his mom has been in um what do you call it a psychiatric facility and so 
like maybe they just didn't it just wasn't planned out that they would have like a casket or open casket or whatever but it just seems weird that a an empty grave i'm assuming it's empty because it looks like that's the call that shira gets towards the end so i'm assuming when they opened it there was nothing in there but it just seems weird that they that an empty what is it tomb not tombstone oh my gosh what are you casket an empty casket would end up buried without the family knowing like the family not seen a body like who usually when you when someone passes doesn't someone have to identify the body? It just it just seemed like a lot of details <laughs> were glossed over um, in this. That's just really, really weird. But anyway, and so um, so we have that. And then we have Troy, which is like your typical asshole high school jock person. Uh, and of course, he's on the basketball team and he's dating Rachel, who is like your typical girl next door cheerleader. But she's kind of roped into all the drama around Ashley because she was initially hiding Ashley at her place until um, I don't know if it was Tattoo Face, which is kind of what I was nicknaming him, which in hindsight, when you think about everything and how it played out like Tattoo Face and all of them were involved or um, literally working to help Ashley. It just seems weird that they were running. Or like Ashley would be like, oh yeah, by the way, this guy, if you see him, he's actually trying to help. He's not dangerous. Again, some of those details that were just like kind of glossed over or maybe was one of those things where it's like oh maybe they won't notice but it was just a little bit weird because for them to show up at the end when they do end up taking Ashley off to like a new safe place and then we see um the tattoo uh face guy show up or octopus face I think that's what we were calling him or whatever and then he shows up and then we learn like the tattoo is fake or whatever but I'm just like as much as this guy has popped up no one was actually just wasn't like, oh, by the way, he's helpful <laughs> at least to Rachel because she was staying in Rachel's uh, guest house for however long that she was staying there. So anyway, um, so we have Rachel, we have Troy. Troy is just an asshole and he's he's one of those characters where it's like you you don't like them, but also you can see them trying to make you sympathize with them because he is a teenage boy. He is very much aware of like something happening between his mom, his dad, and uh, Shira. And he knows that Shira and his dad used to date and then like left. And so now she's back. Things are weird. Things are happening between his parents. And he's not dealing with it well. The fact that he showed up on Shira's door uh, after he... Um, I think it was before, it was right before he saw her with his mom. And I think he thought that she was, uh, something's going on between Shira and his dad, but he showed up on her doorstep, pretty much came in the house and threatened her. I was just like, these kids, the way they portray these kids on the, on these shows, 
is like, where are you pulling these kids from? Because there's no way a random, not even a random teenager, a teenager, because it looks like the town is small. So a teenager whose parents I am well acquainted with shows up at my house, walks to my door and threatens me. There's no way. Getting snatched up. Sorry, but it's true. Like, <laughs> there, is, there is no way. I don't understand. Uh, and I don't understand why they write these these teens and kids like this to give people them ideas because you're gonna get you're gonna get somebody's kid hurt. Like there's no way you just gonna show up in my in my house and walk into my house, threaten me like you're gonna do bodily harm to me, and you're and you're a child. There's no way. <laughs> so <laughs> Troy is uh is a very 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 problematic. Uh, kid. Also, the fact that he was straight up trying to injure <laughs> Mickey when they were like playing basketball and all that. Bully, asshole, horrible boyfriend, irritating son, which, you know, I don't know. And those are things you probably say. But like all, all those things, Troy, all wrapped up in one. Um, also, I mean, I'm sure Rachel's like, oh, there are things that like work and she's and she sees positive about their relationship but it's very 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 given off toxic <laughs> and I would let that relationship go like I would walk away you're young you're young just just let it go um but it was it was good to see uh Rachel become part of the fan group the fan the friend group and to see them all get close. It also seems like they were trying to play a potentially something between her and Emo. Like I was getting those those vibes towards the end because we saw Emo was uh, w was interested in Whitney initially, but Whitney is um, a twin, and her brother. I don't think I wrote his name down, but another asshole, Buck, another asshole. Just like you, you attract you attract what you put out. So Troy puts out asshole, and so he was. He was attracting asshole in Buck as a friend. And then Buck is confused when he finds out that Troy slept with his sister. <laughs> I don't think that's surprising. Um, but yeah, and so I think that Whitney telling her brother about who Ema's mom was and then Buck like pretty much trying to use that against Ema, which is again, that's another weird relationship or weird vibes him buck and ema because i feel like there's more there but we're just not getting it and it's coming out as potentially jealousy like yeah we saw them audition and um we saw ema end up getting the leading role but it's given off that is bigger than that because we see him messing with her even before the auditions and so i feel like if, if i um have a a relationship of a fiery relationship with someone in that way and I tell you a secret that I've literally kept because I'm assuming these kids have gone through grown up going to school together so I tell you a secret that I've literally kept for forever you tell your brother who I have this fiery relationship with oh no we're we're not talking we're not friends I can't trust you Sorry, no. So <laughs> I don't blame um, Ema for feeling the way that she felt uh, and for uh, cutting things off with Whitney. And then also it shows kind of like the, the person, the type of person that Whitney is because her immediate thing 
was to mess around with her brother's best friend, which again, assuming these kids have grown up together. And so there's a lot of like shared history there. And so to essentially jeopardize that relationship between her and her brother, which I guess you can argue she's doing that on purpose because she feels like her brother jeopardized her relationship with Emo, but I don't know if, if they're going to that deep of a level <laughs> in the show as far as these relationships are concerned. Um, but then also getting to see how much of an asshole Troy is because literally him and Rachel hadn't even really broken up. She was just like, essentially she needed, needed space. I don't even remember what they were arguing about. Um, I think she showed up at the party and he was super, super drunk and he was doing whatever. And then she's like, no, I'm over it. I'm leaving. And then he took that because of all of his parent issues. It's not even a daddy issue or a mommy issue. It's parent issues <laughs> specifically tied to his mom because this was after he saw her, her and Shira together. But taking all of that out on her and then being like, oh, well, then I guess we're done. Oh my gosh. And then Whitney trying to absolve her guilt and going to school the next day or not school, but posting on social media, essentially being like, oh, I'm a fake person. I did this. And oh, by the way, I slept with um, my brother's best friend, who's also in a relationship with one of the popular girls at school. Like, <laughs> unnecessary, unnecessary. So yeah, what else? Shira and, oh my gosh, what is Troy's mom's name? Gonna have to look that up. Shira and Hannah them bringing up their whole relationship, which was an interesting turn of events to come to find out that they were actually the ones who were together. Or like they grew up as best friends, super, super close. Like I said, Shira was dating Troy's dad, who is actually the person that Hannah ends up uh, marrying. So when we're introduced to um, Hannah and then we get the that entire like the whole vibes initially, like it's given off something super, super toxic happened between them. And maybe potentially it was a, yeah, they were best friends, but then maybe Hannah stole, um, what is his dad's name? Cause I don't think I wrote it down. I'm going to have to find it. Uh, maybe take, or I guess it's just Chief Taylor. <laughs> uh, maybe Hannah stole, um, him from Shira and then it was a big argument or whatever but then when we actually see what happened it ends up being that they ended up falling for each other <laughs> in a different way and having a secret relationship and then it sounds like Shira just left and then when Shira shows back up Hannah wants to pick things back up but Hannah is now a married person with an, with a whole teenage child and so of course it's going to get very very messy I, well, it is revealed towards the end, like finally, um, Chief Taylor finds out what is going on between, what was, what is going on in the present between Shira and Hannah. But the fact that he didn't sense that before, but when we do see flashbacks of him, it's get very much giving what Troy is giving in the present. <laughs> Asshole, drunk, um, horrible boyfriend material. That's what is giving all those things, so... Not surprised that he wouldn't notice that, uh, but he does find out. And I mean, what can you do? 
but let her, because I think she filed for divorce. So what can you do but honor that and let the divorce go through? Because clearly she does not, she does not want you. So I think that that was probably like the most drama, like romantically involved drama that happened in the show. But everything else is pretty much just around these kids running around trying to figure out what was going on or what is going on with Ashley halfway potentially is Mickey's dad still alive even though Mickey was really the only one who believed that uh his friends not so much but they were like we'll, we'll support you <laughs> and then we also had this underlying um thing with Dylan who was a kid who went missing uh he's the same age as Mickey's dad and he had a very abusive father and we saw um, his teacher kind of, who's still teaching to this day, kind of uh, try to step in uh, to get him help and essentially eventually take him or like take him under her care, become his uh, legal guardian. But he ends up going missing. Come to find out he went to Bat Lady's house after his father um, essentially burned his eye out. And so he's been hiding He's been in hiding and now he's like back as kind of her bodyguard or whatever. Um, I mean, I don't think that that was noticeable until we find out like, oh, something happened to Dylan's eye. Like something really, really bad happened to Dylan and it had to do with his eyes. And then I think it starts to click. But other, but before that, it's not giving like when you're watching it, you're not like, oh, I think that that could be the lost child, Dylan. But yeah. I feel like I went through <laughs> a lot. What else is there to talk about? Um, everyone, oh, I put, I'm just going through my notes. Everyone in this town is freaking weird. It is true. Everyone is, is get, was, get, everyone was weird. Everyone was weird. Mm, I did want to see more basketball. I, f I feel like they try to make that a thing as well or more school. Oh, I need to talk about that. Um, or more like school type things because you all know when I one of my my favorite scenes in these types of shows is like a school dance or whatever because I think it's just so fun you can see all the kids dancing and they seem carefree until like something traumatic or dramatic happens <laughs> so still the moment but that moment of just happiness and carefreeness when everyone's like dancing or whatever I just love that and so I was just like okay we we need a school scene and I think that that scene finally came when we had the basketball game but I think that they played up first of all it seemed to move very very quickly because they had basketball tryouts and then immediately like a week later they were playing their first game and Mickey had to sit it out because he l literally almost died <laughs> but freaking Spoon's commentary during that entire thing let me find it in my notes because I thought that that was hilarious. Mm, the kids go in tunnels. Oh yeah, I need to talk about that too. See, this is why I take notes because then it's like, oh yeah, I need to talk about that. Oh yeah, I need to talk about that as well. Okay, I can't find my notes about the ball game. But, oh yeah, and I need to talk about that as well. But anyway, his commentary at the game was so funny. Also, I thought it's very, like, why do, I mean, like, I feel like the traveling sports have um, commentators, but the fact that the high school games don't, I mean, maybe they do now, because I, I, I haven't, I've been far, far, far removed from going to a high school <laughs> um, basketball game. But 
also, I like that it was the kids who were kind of doing the commentary. So I thought that that whole thing was fun and funny. It helped to like bring us back into the school scene and be like, oh yeah, these these are kids. Uh, the one thing that I want to talk about that I didn't talk about. So Spoon, and I did allude to it earlier when Spoon almost gets himself killed, but he does meet Candy, which kind of find out they knew each other way back when, like they met on, it sounded like a vacation or something like that. And so they have that connection and she's the one who ends up saving him from dying, but she ends up getting shot um, while doing it. And so she ends up dying. And so of course that very, very heavily impacts uh, Spoon. It kind of changes his trajectory because this entire time he's been like very light, very happy, very optimistic. And you kind of see him being sad, needing to deal with it a little bit more um, pessimistic, if you will. And so I did like to see like that, that um, change in behavior in him and to see that's something that happened in the real world using air quotes, um, had an impact on him and to see him try to navigate that and also to see his friends trying a little bit to help like being like oh being aware that he is going through that and checking in on him I should say the other thing is so before bad lady's house burns down uh Mickey shows up and he sees the room that has all the kids pictures on it I'm pretty sure we saw Spoon's photo on there what does that mean no one talked about it did Mickey realize it it's very very weird I feel like that's something that needs to be addressed if we were already get a season two. Um, but yeah, I feel like the way we ended it, it can go. We don't really need a, a season two. But as of now, we haven't heard anything about if there will be a season two. Either way, I'm like, if we are going to do a season two, then I'm going to need some y'all to give us some real answers. What's, what's going on? With, and then I feel like it would be boring if we were to get a season two because dead is back. So like, what would that even look like? But I do want to know what was going on with Spoon being on the wall of missing kids. Very, very weird. <laughs> so <laughs> I think those are all the things that I wanted to touch on as far as uh, Shelter is concerned. Again, we don't know if we're getting a season two. Um, but I want to know what you all thought about this season of Shelter. Let me know all the things and I will talk to you all in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at Currently Binging on Instagram and at Current Binge on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.